Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He, once again, is Mike McDaniel. Mike, welcome back. How was your trip? You didn't, you seemed like you did not get shipwrecked down in the Florida Keys. Did not get shipwrecked in the Florida Keys. I went back and looked, Joey. I think we've now recorded 361 podcasts. Wow. In five and a half years of doing this. That's, that's a lot of podcasts, a lot of content, a lot of hashtag content. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out if that was the first podcast I've ever missed. Um, I can't remember. I, f- I feel like there may have been one more. I feel like, well, in, uh, at least a couple of them, I feel like were like team previews maybe that you missed. Yeah. It was like a one-on-one situation, but yeah. But as far not as not like, many, yeah. As far as like during the season episode, that would I, I, it's almost certainly the first one you've missed. Yeah, yeah. I it's little little weird to not be recapping games, Joey. Yeah, yeah. That's a weird feeling. Uh, gets you out of the, gets you out of your rhythm a little bit. Um, well, hopefully you had a good trip. Looks like you made it back safely, all in one piece. Uh, did not get shipwrecked. May have gotten wrecked in other ways down there, but you know yes, that, that's the I way it goes. Can confirm. <laughs> you were there. You know. Uh, Mike, just, you know, in the spirit of not having had the chance to recap games, I did, was there anything that stuck out to you last week, week nine in the ACC, we had a Tecmo bowl to watch. I don't know how much you actually got to watch. Um, the less, the better I, in my personal opinion, but Hey, <laughs> saw a good bit of the Hokies. Uh, I mean, I, Joey, to be honest with you, I wasn't too terribly surprised with the outcome. I mean, we talked about in the preview how, you know, what what we knew about Virginia Tech is they play large swaths of games pretty well, and then they play, like, a time span of, like, four to six minutes of a game poorly. And that was the most complete performance Virginia Tech's had all year. Like, they skipped the four to six minutes of playing, like, absolute dog water. Mm. So, you know what? I, I... I was impressed with how the Virginia Tech offense looked. I was happy that for the second weekend in a row, they were able to put together something consistent on that side of the ball. I mean, it's not going to blow you away. It's not like a top 20 offense, but it looked competent for the second straight week, which, you know, that was that was nice to see. Georgia Tech's defense was horrible. Virginia Tech's defense, by the way, wasn't, wasn't very good in, in parts of this game either. They million missed tackles and that sort of thing, but they got stops when they needed to got off the field on third and fourth down. Like that's something that the Hokies have been struggling with. So, you know, I, I was happy to to see the defense get stops when they needed to and the offense to put a nice game together. Trey Turner was awesome. He was left open a lot for some reason. And I'm sure you covered that. I still haven't I've yet to listen to the podcast with Dan, full disclosure. I I did get a chance to talk to Dan. Mm-hmm when we were uh, getting that zoom set up the other day before I hopped off that call, but didn't get a chance to listen to the recap yet. So that's, that's on my list this week before we head into these week 10 games. But yeah, I mean that, that was, I, I was happy with that as a Hokies fan. I'm, I'm sorry that you had to witness that in person because <laughs> that, you know, two, two bad football teams. Yeah, uh, that it was. What else? Oh, what the hell pit? I mean, I mean, was it really, really that unexpected from Pitt? I mean, what the hell, Pitt? We were we were supposed to be different this year, right? <laughs> like, pick it through for like a thousand yards in that game, you still found a way to lose. Yes. Yeah. 
Oh, uh, by the way, we'll, we'll get into this on this preview. So I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole with Tyler Van Dyke really good in that pit game. And I think Miami has found a quarterback, Joey. And we are going to go into that as it relates to the game against Georgia Tech this weekend, because I think that is a very key piece of information based on the way that Georgia Tech secondary <laughs> elected not to really cover a lot of Virginia Tech's receivers last weekend. It's almost like you have the show notes right here in front of you, Joey, because I, I agree with you there. Yeah. Um, crazy. The, the BYU UVA game, I was, uh, I, you know, at full disclosure, I, I was rather intoxicated by, by this time in the proceedings on Saturday, but mm-hmm. I, I did see what was going on on my phone. I, I saw I was, I did some score checking every now and again at the wedding, uh, you know, when my wife wasn't going to kill me for doing that, I, she stepped away and I took a look at the scores and dear God, like they were on their way to like a hundred points by halftime or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. That was outrageous. I saw the live total was like a hundred and, 35 or something outlandish really really high like mm-hmm. live total going on uh but yeah i mean uva's defense really bad we got to see what's going on with brandon armstrong i rumors about cracked ribs from social media accounts from his barber <laughs> i was gonna say it, it was really called- subtle actually as he as he walked off the field you could very clearly see him mouth i think my ribs are broken yes <laughs> so yeah. i don't know what that means that could mean anything mike yeah, that, that could. That could. You know, that could be Morse code for our defense really sucks. I'm sick of having to throw for a thousand yards a game. Can you get a stop, please? Yeah. Please get a stop. Uh, everything else was kind of like business as usual. I mean, Wake obviously looked really good. North Carolina is as fraudulent as they come. And mm-hmm. I didn't understand the line in the Notre Dame game. And we told you that. So hopefully you bet on that game and made money like I did. Mm hmm. Clemson beating Florida State. I mean, the only thing I have to say about that game is if you had Clemson minus nine and a half, what the hell? Like, what the hell? Wait, wait, wait a minute. When you say what the hell, you don't mean like, how did you make that bet? You mean, how did you win that bet? How did you win that bet? Yeah. The, the most un- unbelievable bad beat of all time if you were on Florida State. That was atrocious. Yes. That, atrocious. That, that was the bad beat of the year for sure. Yeah. SVP and Stanford Steve had a ball with that one. <laughs> had an absolute blast with it, Joey. I don't know if you've seen that video yet. If not, I, I'll send it to you. I have not. I need to go watch okay. it. I've been busy okay. well, watching media of another sport this week. Yes, yes. Congratulations to your Braves, by the way. I don't know how we haven't covered that yet. Oh, hey, thanks. Thank yeah. you. See, sometimes good things happen to Joey's sports teams. Rarely, but sometimes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Oh, by the way, I uh, meant to ask how trick-or-treating went with your kid. Hopefully it went well. Hopefully you didn't have a Texas assistant coach's stripper's monkey bite your kid. <laughs> That's oddly specific, Mike. I don't know why you asked that. But, yeah, I don't know uh, why. Yeah, that, that was weird. That was a random <laughs> Texas catching strays. That's weird. Why, no, why? no. Why did I do that? No, Charlie is, is perfectly safe from uh, Texas assistant coach's girlfriend slash strippers, pet monkeys that like bet- biting people. Um, now that you yeah that. yeah the pole assassin <laughs> which i mean that if that's not if that's not big 12 after dark or i don't know what or i guess soon to be sec after dark greatest sport on earth mike greatest yes. sport on so earth. so we've covered a lot of ground here so far including a random off the wall story about a texas special teams assistant coaches <laughs> 
girlfriend who used to be a stripper named Pole Assassin's Monkey who bit a kid on Halloween during trick-or-treating. And we've also discussed Brennan Armstrong breaking his ribs and his barber breaking that news on Facebook. So yep, what a sport. Totally normal sport. Yes. Yes. And with that, we can get into a Week 10 game show. <laughs> there you go. All right. With that, let's move on. Um, Mike, we do have Week 10 games. Before we get into that, um, well, for, first of all, finally, just to put a nice little bow on Week 9, um, congratulations to your Hokies. And still, thank you. the Basketball Conference, Real Tech Champions, the Virginia Polytechnic Institute and State University fighting Hokies. Congratulations. Two Mike. years, two years and a gap year running. Yeah, yeah. Important to remember the gap year. They didn't they didn't play this game last year. Not that I think it would have really changed the title holder at all, but you know, hey. Never know. Depends on what what point in the season you saw Virginia Tech last year. That is correct. That is correct. Uh Mike, before we get into week ten, we do have a quick uh listener review we wanted to hit on. Uh, a big thanks. Uh, this one comes from VTFan95 on iTunes. Uh, gave us a five-star review. Says, been listening for a year. Best ACC football podcast I listen to. When your podcast pops up in my feed, I know the work commute will be a little bit more enjoyable. Thanks, Joey and Mike, for taking the time out of your busy schedules to bring us a great podcast. That is like the sweetest review I think I've ever seen. Hell thank yeah. You. Thank you, VTFan95. Very nice. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Mike, let's get into week 10. And as always, we start with a recap of our Van Gorder coin balances, where I still somehow am in the lead here, although last week you closed the gap in a pretty good way. Um, I stand at four. We, again, we started at 500, trying to use this as a system to uh, evaluate our picks and, and really uh, point out the ones that we feel the most strongly about. I, we started out with 500. I am at 443.95. You are up to 432.20. Uh, I lost 8.15 last week. You gained 20.95. So, again, you closed the gap. Now we're, I'm, I have a lead of a little over 11 Van Gorder coin. Do you, are you feeling like you feel good where you're at? You feel like you're putting pressure on me here, Mike? Yeah, like I mentioned on the last preview, you asked if I thought your lead was insurmountable. And I said, I've seen you bet, so no. <laughs> and Valid point. feeling the same way this week. There you go. That's the spirit. Um, awesome. All right. Well, good deal. I yeah. No, I I am not comfortable with this lead. The best I could possibly do is do the uh, like Price is Right thing and just bet all the same games that you do. But I, I'm not going to do that. And out of sportsmanship, and I still think I might be better making picks than you. I don't know who's to say. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, we'll we'll find out. <laughs> there you go. Well, yeah, we will find out. Uh, Mike, as always, these lines uh, in week 10 are brought to you by BetUS.com. It is America's favorite sports book. They've been in business for well over 30 years now. You can do betting on college football, on the NFL. Uh, the Major League Baseball playoffs now ended as my Atlanta Braves won the World Series. Just drop that hell in. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Looking forward to this parade this weekend. That'll be fun. Um, the NBA has tipped off. Uh, we've got politics. We just had a big old election that happened. So if you wanted to bet on that, you could have done that at betus.com. Uh, college football, you know, you, you've still got conference championship odds. You've got Heisman odds, national championship odds, like any of that stuff. If you want to go bet it, bet all of it at betus.com. Mike, the people should use promo code GOACC for a 125% bonus on your first deposit of at least $100. Uh, again, put in 100 bucks, 
you get to bet two twenty-five. That's pretty good. How are the Heisman odds looking? I haven't looked. Uh, I don't think Kenny Pickett is looking as good as he was uh, this time last week. I mean, poor guy. <laughs> what's it? What, what's it like to throw for like five hundred and twenty-five yards and lose the game and that, lose and fun. somehow lose? Yeah, not that's fun. all right. He's he's going to make himself plenty of money. He'll be fine. He will be fine. He'll be fine. Mike, once again. BetUS.com, promo code GOACC for 125% bonus on your first deposit of at least $100. Go do it. Do it for the gram. Mike, week 10. Here we go. We got a we got a weeknight game this week. That's a, that's a Yeah, we do. Unusual. Uh, on a Friday. I miss the damn Thursday night games. Why can't we do those again? What, what when did where did that go? It went out the window with Virginia Tech's relevancy. <laughs> Wow. Okay. All right. Self-inflicted. Uh, Starting off hot, baby. Let's your, do this thing. Your Virginia Tech Hokies, a three-point favorite on the road in Chestnut Hill, taking on the Boston College Eagles. Total is forty-seven. Uh, Mike, it just at initial first glance, it's it. This spread, I feel like, is just an obvious play Virginia Tech. And then you realize what Dan Rubin reminded us of on the Week Nine recap. This, for Boston College, is the annual red bandana game. And you know, as well as anybody else, that when Boston College plays the red bandana game, like, all bets are off, none of the rules matter, they're going to come out playing with their hair on fire, and it is a dangerous spot for anybody to go into Chestnut Hill against them. Yeah, I mean, this is a pretty big game, of course, for for Boston College and, and BC alums and... It means a lot to the school uh, to be able to commemorate a 9-11 hero, um, you know, in this game, right? Mm-hmm. So this is an annual thing BC does. And and as every year, if you have not heard the story of the Red Bandana game, I would venture, Mike, that neither of us could really do it justice. You need to go look it up because there are multiple tellings of it out there that are incredibly touching and heartfelt and just it's an amazing story yeah shout out to wells crowther crowther god i hope i said his name right crowther yeah saved a lot of lives on 9 11 as an equities trader in new york city so yep um thoughts and prayers to the family of course Mm -hmm. still all these years later so yeah all bets are off during the red bandana game is phil Dracovic playing There, there are rumors floating joey floating rumors that he might be making an appearance at some point here late in the year. And is this the game that he does it? You, you want to talk about a team even more playing with its hair on fire, get their starting quarterback back after about six or seven weeks away. And man, that would be a hell of a shot in the arm for that team. Cause we, you know, I talked with Dan on the recap. It's like Boston college has struggled offensively especially in conference games without Dracovic in there. Um, I mean, it's just, they looked really good against Missouri. Turns out Missouri might not actually be like any good at all. And since they've played in conference play, they're 0-4. They have, they have struggled a lot just to like move the ball, score points, do anything like that. Right. So if, if they were able to get Dracovic back here and for this game, like if, if Dracovic goes out there for the first drive, just live bet Boston College on the money line. Like, Eagles going to win that game. 
Yeah, I mean, especially with the way Virginia Tech's been tackling mobile quarterbacks lately, mm-hmm. hasn't been has been very good. I mean, they they graded out Pro Football Focus with like a forty percent grade with their tackling last mm-hmm. week, which you know I mentioned Virginia Tech's defense, you know, came up big in some key situations there against Georgia Tech, but the tackling wasn't great. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it was, it was not awesome. Uh, rumors about Trey Turner, Virginia Tech's wide receiver, who just totally eviscerated Georgia Tech last week for his like annual like one really good game that he has every year. <laughs> um, rumors flying around that he might not be playing in this game, or at least he may not be a hundred percent with a with a rib injury of some sort. We'll see if that comes to fruition, whether or not he's going to play or not. Right now, that's really just message board rumors, Joey. So I don't know how much stock to put into that. We also had message boards rumors. You know, you'll remember about a month or so ago that was saying, you know, Braxton Burmeister might be out a really long time, which didn't end up being true. Mm-hmm. So we will see what what that means. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I, I mean, if Dracovic ends up playing, I think you just live bet BC on the money line, assuming that he's healthy. The problem is that I don't know a if he's playing or b if he's even a hundred percent. I don't also really understand why Phil Dracovic would put himself in a situation where he'd play if he's less than a hundred percent. This is a guy who can test the waters for the NFL uh, next spring. And I don't know that he necessarily needs to really prove much. I mean, he had a really good season last year and I think uh, another full season of tape would have done him pretty well, but I don't think there's any advantage to him getting on the field late in the year if he's less than 100% for a BC team that's not really playing for anything at this point other than bowl eligibility. So I'm not sure what the advantage would be for him to get on the field this late in the year other than for for pride, really. So I... On that note, too, I I mean, this is is the best defense that Boston College is going to see the rest of the year. Like, their last three games are at Georgia Tech, home against Florida State, home against Wake. Like, if you want to get out there and put something on tape that shows, like, look, I'm healthy, I'm okay, I can still do it, like, maybe do it against those defenses and not this one. (laughs) I agree. Yeah, I agree with that, too. And um, I look at Virginia Tech's offense, too, and I've been impressed with what they've done here the last couple weeks. They seem to be finding a little bit of something in the running game. Malachi Thomas, the, the true freshman, has been playing pretty well. Um, and Virginia Tech's offense has been getting on a little bit of a roll, uh, which is helpful to a defense that has been up against it all year long. Um, I'm going to go with Virginia Tech here uh, because I don't I'm <laughs> I don't think Phil Dracovic's playing like mm-hmm. right. It's it's Wednesday. We have heard nothing definitive on that, and so far it's just like internet rumors. I don't think he's actually playing. So I'm going to go with Virginia Tech with that big caveat, but I totally agree with you that if if he's on the field and he looks like Phil Dracovic, I think Boston College wins this game at home. This is the game I looked at before the season and said Virginia Tech's absolutely going to lose at Chestnut Hill. Mm-hmm. So would not be out of the realm of possibility. I also just look at BC and they are not playing very good football right now. No. Like they haven't they haven't played well now in multiple weeks, and Virginia Tech seems to be trending in another direction. I mean they they lost to Syracuse, but played better. And, you know, they, they were able to go on the road to Georgia tech and, and put together their most complete game of the year. I thought for four quarters. So Virginia tech is trending in a better direction than Boston colleges right now. So I'm going to roll with the Hokies here to win and cover. 
Um, I am on the under here, though. I don't think there's going to be a lot of points. I, I could see like uh, 23 to 20, something like that. Oh, wow. I was going to say like 24 to 10 or something like that. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't think. I'm not even sure both teams are getting into the 20s here. Um, that That's the thing that I feel the most strongly about in this game is the under. Um, is that I, I feel like Boston College's defense is like for the for as much as they have kind of struggled in recent weeks, this feels like the offense that they are very capable of causing a lot of problems for a, a Hokies offense that is not proficient or um, yeah, I guess maybe proficient is the word I'm looking for at like you know really moving the ball down the field. Um, you know, throwing the ball down the field, deep down it. Like if it, if it's just going to be a bunch of running stuff side to side, like I think Boston College's defense is actually pretty well equipped to stop that. And of course, Boston College's offense has done minimal, if anything, for weeks now. Um, so just from a scoring standpoint, I think this is a low scoring game. Um, Boston College's last what four games against ACC competition: nineteen, thirteen, thirty-three, seven. 28-14, 21-6. Like, only one of those even got into the 40s, and that was like 42. So that went under 47 as well. So give me the under. I don't think I want to put Van Gorder coin on it, but it is the, the, the strongest thing I feel about this game. Mike, I'm going to pick Boston College to cover, and I guess just to win outright. And the only reason that I'm doing that is this number is a little weird. Like, it is. It, feel, oh, yeah. it feels like somebody knows something, and I don't know if it's the Dracovic thing. I don't know if it's, you know, the red bandana thing. I don't know if it's just something kind of schematically matchup-wise. Is it the Trey Turner thing? Like, I don't know what it is, but just with – you're right. that With the way that Boston College has been playing, they should be a more than a three-point underdog in this game. Like, right. I can't really explain where this number came from, so I'm just going to lean into it. But again, I ain't putting Van Gorder coin on it. Like, if I got to make a pick, I'll, I guess I'll take Boston College and just see how it goes. But I don't feel great about it by any stretch. Yeah, I mean, if y'all are going to bet on this game, you can have it. Yeah, absolutely. This is another one. And I kind of feel like this is a little bit maybe we're just where we're at with Virginia Tech at this point in the season is a little bit of like a who the hell knows what team you're going to get or, or what result you're going to get. Like, yep. Goodness. So. Okay, Boston College in the under for me, Virginia Tech in the under for you, Mike. Let's keep moving. Uh, Let's move to Saturday at noon on ABC. The number nine Wake Forest Steeman Deeks are a a two-and-a-half-point underdog on the road in Chapel Hill taking on the unranked North Carolina Tar Heels. The total here is 76. And, Mike, I wanted to start this uh, with a little hat tip to an email we got from Mr. Patrick Hayes. Saying, ain't no, baby. How about them Deeks? Reaching out with an early reminder that next week's game against UNC is a non-conference matchup and doesn't factor in the ACC race. Would love a win over the Tar Heels, but also looking forward to sitting back and watching the ACC eat itself for another week. (laughs) Once again, shout out to Patrick Hayes. Good email. Thanks for writing in. B, good reminder, this is a non-conference game. (laughs) Yeah. This does not count for the standings. Yeah. Non-con. Mm-hmm. How about Wake Forest? Why is Wake an underdog here? Oh, I don't know. They're the better team. Are we still doing this thing with North Carolina? Are we still 
like are we still doing this dude i don't I'm get it I, i'm i'm betting against them every week and i'm making a bunch of money i'm gonna continue that joey mm-hmm. get the button ready baby yep. wake forest lock it up you better lock it up you better lock it up no you lock it up lock it up lock it up lock it up yeah, what, it's locked. What are we doing? Yeah, yeah, it's locked. What are like? What are we doing? Yeah. Hey, Mike, what are we can, doing? You, can you vamp for a couple seconds so I can let the button cool down? Of course. Okay. Uh, this, this is probably good enough. Uh, yeah, wake for us. Lock it up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Yeah, you, you don't want to overheat the button this early in no. the podcast. It gets dangerous. No, definitely don't want to do that. I got a little overzealous in week one. You'll remember I just started firing from the hip, and I had like five locks in the first six games. So you got to be careful with that. Uh, yeah, I mean, prevailing thought here is like, sure, am I concerned that Wake Forest is going to struggle a little bit defensively against North Carolina? Yeah. Am I wholly convinced that North Carolina can score with Wake Forest? No. Like, no. Joey, I don't think they can. That That's... That would have been an absurd statement at the beginning of the year if I told you that I didn't think North Carolina could score with Wake Forest. But as we sit here today, November 3rd, recording this podcast, I do not think North Carolina can score with Wake Forest. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I'm sorry. I don't. I think Wake Forest wins this game by a couple touchdowns, Joey. I think they win it. I think they win this game convincingly. I'm telling you, like it doesn't it doesn't make sense. I think this is a 10 to 14 point win for Wake Forest. I agree with you. I I agree. Like North Carolina has been so wildly inconsistent. Keep in mind that this is the game last year that I believe North Carolina scored a late touchdown to win. No, this is the game. Wake was up 45 to 24 midway through the third quarter. And then North Carolina scores five straight touchdowns to take a 59 to 45 lead. Like, yep. You know, and Wake scores late, makes it 59-53 was the final score. Like, Wake damn near beat North Carolina last year when Wake was not nearly as comparatively good. Like, right. North, that North Carolina team was rolling, and Wake almost beat them last year. Why can't they do it this year when Wake is actually rolling and North Carolina is just, like, trying to find themselves? I don't – I'm telling you, mm-hmm. I don't get it. I, I just don't – I don't get why we're still enthralled with North Carolina. Yeah, I don't from either. a from a betting standpoint, like I don't, I don't really understand it. And and like you uh, said, I mean, it's it's not like I think this is going to be like a five touchdown win. Like Wake's Wake's defense is not that good, and North Carolina is going to be able to get theirs. It's just North Carolina's offense has also just shown this ability to just make mistakes consistently at at points throughout games that will derail things. It'll be a turnover here. It'll be a bad read by Sam Howell there. And next thing you know, there's a couple of punts mixed in there. And North Carolina's defense trying to stop the Wake offense. <laughs> okay. That'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. The, the one thing that is that is problematic in this game is Wake Forest rushing defense. You know, they rank 114th nationally in rushing defense. So it's not, not the best matchup for Wake Forest in that regard, but I mean, when I when I look at Carolina and how they've played this year, they're playing a lot of games from behind. Mm-hmm. And if they get behind against Wake Forest, they are not catching up. <laughs> like, it's not going to happen. I haven't seen anything out of North Carolina's defense that makes me think they're going to be able to get multiple stops against Wake. I mean, it could really be a mistake or two by Sam Howell, and that could be enough. 
Like, I just don't see North Carolina being able to keep up with Wake. And maybe I'm reading this game completely wrong, but I don't understand the line. Wake Forest has been consistently the better team all year. North Carolina up and down. I was not all that impressed with North Carolina against Notre Dame last week. Um, I, I know Notre Dame kind of just kept them at arm's length the entire time. Then Kyron Williams had that ridiculous run late in the game to kind of put it away. But I, I really was not that impressed with Carolina mm-hmm. in South Bend. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing that really makes me think that, you know, Carolina is going to come in here and just handle their business. I, I don't, I don't really see that happening. Yeah. Yeah. Carolina has, is barely won anything close this year. They, they beat Miami a few weeks ago by three points. And other than that, you know, they, they beat up on Duke, they beat up on Virginia and they beat up on Georgia state. They got beat up by Georgia tech. They got beat up by Florida state and they now got beat up by Notre Dame. It's like, if the matchup isn't particularly favorable, like teams are kind of kicking their asses and right. That's kind of what I think wake force is going to be able to do. I, I, I don't see them getting much of anything in the way of stops against this wake offense right now. So, you know, definitely give me the over the total 76. I think it goes over that. Like, I, yeah, I think it's just like an absolute downright shootout here. Um, but most importantly, Mike, I, I really like wake um, plus the two and a half. I'll put 20 Van Gorder coin on that. I've got it locked. And then hell, let's just go ahead and throw 10 more on the over. Um, I think I know exactly how this game is going to go. Yeah, I mean, and if Carolina starts trying to throw on Wake Forest defense, I mean, Wake Forest passing defense is 66th in passing efficiency defensively, which is just behind Alabama, by the way. So the passing wow. defense is not really – it's it's a little bit of a surprise to see Alabama that low, but thinking about some of the offenses they've played too. You're saying Wake's so, defense is as good as Alabama. Is that – yeah, that checks out. Yeah, yeah, but the, the – but the passing defense for Wake, I you know, I have a bit more confidence in. I think Sam Howell could make a mistake here or there. The the question here for Wake Forest, and I, I think this will really impact whether or not Wake is able to truly pull away from Carolina in this game. Can you get a few stops bottling up the run? Mm-hmm. Like, can you stop Sam Howell on the run? Because Carolina hasn't done a great job this year running the ball with Ty Chandler. It's been very up and down. But the one consistent thing that Carolina has done is run the ball with Sam Howell at the quarterback position, probably more than they were anticipating coming into the year. So that's just something to keep an eye on in this game. I think if Wake Forest is able to get a couple stops on the ground, I think they're able to pull away. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm with you. I'm putting. Uh, I'm also putting 20 on Wake and putting 10 on the over. There you go. Wake wins outright. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, Wake wins outright. Once again, same thing. Like if you if you have two guys that collectively can cover Josh Downs, and and if the other nine guys can kind of contain North Carolina's run game, I don't know what the Tar Heels going to do on offense. <laughs> but no. and and I don't think they're going to be able to. Again, I don't think the Deeks are going to be able to just fully shut it down. But I do think they'll get a couple of stops, like you're saying. Like, and that's that's all it's going to take, I think. Yeah, and I also don't think Phil Longo will commit to running the football for four quarters. That is true too. Yeah, he gets like, a little uh, a little antsy. Yeah, he gets he gets antsy. Just run the football, but he won't do it. And <laughs> I think that's the path for Carolina to win to win this game is to run the ball and keep it out of Wake Forest hands. I don't think Longo will do it for four quarters. I think he'll want to put it in Howell's hands, which I get it, but I mean that's not the best path. Yeah, no, definitely not. Definitely not. Um all right. I think that's all I got. Wake 
and the over for the both of us. We both have Wake locked for 20 Van Gorder coin, and we have 10 Van Gorder coin on the over. So here's to a, a shootout victory for the Deeks. Yep. Mike, let's keep moving. Before we do, we got to tell you that this next preview is brought to you by Section103.com, Mike. Um, this this is the thing that I think worked out really well about the Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, Tecmo Bowl here this past weekend was, and, and I don't know if I really properly called this out on the show, but um, w- you and I were offered four tickets from Section 103 to sit in Section 103 uh, to view this game on, on Saturday. And you, of course, you know, you were busy gallivanting in the Keys, but um, I was able to take advantage of that, and I'm incredibly thankful to Steven and Section 103 for providing with those seats. Uh, I made sure to show up wearing a Section 103 t-shirt under a Section 103 hoodie. Uh, my wife was in a Section 103 t-shirt under a Section 103 hoodie. They were incredibly comfortable. They represented my fanhood great. We we looked perfectly in place in the crowd. I think we were getting some jealous looks that it's like, man, where do I get one of those? It's a very easy answer, Section103.com. Mike, they have t-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies. They've got everything from Georgia Tech with the official word marks. They've got the official Tech Gold. Uh, that ATL logo that's on the field, that was designed by Section103.com and is on their t-shirts and, and, and sweatshirts and everything. Um, it is incredibly high-quality, great-looking Georgia Tech supporting wear. So go check them out. Use promo code GOACC for 10% off your first order at Section103.com. Shout out to Steven and the gang. Really, really appreciate the seats this weekend. Really appreciate the partnership all season long here on the Basketball Conference podcast. Uh, Go check them out, Mike. Yep. Do that. All right. With that, at 1230 on ESPN3, my Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets are a 10.5 point underdog on the road in Coral Gables taking on the Miami Hurricanes. Total is 64 and same thing with this as the previous game. We have an email here that I wanted to kind of hit on first, just real quickly. Yep. Uh, this one's from Shane. He says, can you invite a one Cameron Underwood to an upcoming episode? I'd like to know what's going on down there in Miami. Is Manny done for? I was kind of assuming Miami was imploding for the season, but then they went ahead and beat NC State. This is also like a week old email. Uh, also, here's a friendly reminder to never pick Florida State for anything. Shane. Uh, first of all, Thank you for the reminder, Shane. It's I need to, you know, sometimes you almost relapse a little bit, and then you got to be, like, kind of kicked back into gear that we, we're not picking Florida State for stuff. Right. Right. I mean, picking him to cover was the right side of it last week. It was. It was. And then, you know, bad beat stuff. Shenanigans. Happened. Yeah. Total shenanigans. Um, we will – we are going to try to get Cam on at some point soon. Um, I know he, I've he's tried. Gonna, Huh? I've tried. We have tried. That is true. Um, yeah, we tried to get him on for uh, the the recap here uh, last week, but uh, he's a very busy man. Uh, he has a very busy secret day job that he, he works very hard at, and we are very proud of. Um, but we are also very proud of his Miami takes, and we need to get him on soon. So, Cam, if you're listening, we love you. We miss you. Please come on the show sometime. Yes, we love you, Cam. Um, Mike, there's a very important handicapping situation in this game, and it revolves around Miami's headsets. Um, I don't know if you saw this story, but <laughs> hold on, pause. Yes, pause. Yes, yeah. Uh, anything to do with uh, Mia Diaz just being fired? Like that sort of headset <laughs> thing? Or? Uh, Worried about? I don't know what goes on on the headsets, Mike. It could be anything. Headset, headset reduction. Like Mia Diaz doesn't have one anymore. 
<laughs> like off of his head situation? Like off of his head? Uh, no, not quite like that. Um, it turns out that Miami beat Pittsburgh last weekend, but they are a bunch of dirty cheaters. And they had either too many headsets or like they didn't properly claim all their headsets or there was some procedural thing. And the point being that Miami cheated, but they won anyway. So now as a punishment, they have a 20% headset reduction in this game. And I think that gives a huge edge to Georgia Tech because the um, just, you know, just because just because. Yeah. 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 I mean, Joey, look, the way I look at it is like Miami needs to use like Morse code to get plays in and stuff anyway. I mean, they're, yeah, <laughs> buzzes and clicks and hand signals and literally anything. Man, I would love it's, if it's Georgia, a mess. Would Georgia Tech's defense please upgrade to Morse code from like the hieroglyphics or whatever the hell, like caveman circle dance chanting or something? I don't know what they're doing, but the secondary has no clue what is happening on most plays. It is maddening. I'm going to, I'm going to give you a little, little spoiler here, Mike, a little preview. Um, there's an article I'm working on for, from the rumble seat. It's going to go live some point before the game on Saturday. They basically just is calling out how horrendously awful Georgia tech secondary has been the last four games. Like their past defense, the last four games has been four of at least the six worst, if not just the straight up four worst past defense games they have had in three years under Jeff Collins. It's bad. Real bad. There are dudes just running open, like guys that have been in the system for three years looking at each other like they have no idea what to do, where to go. It is such a mess, Mike. You know what, Joey? That reminds me of something. Uh-huh. Uh, Miami, lock it up. Yeah. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Damn it, Mike, I mean, you Joey. Me to it. Yeah, sorry. I mean, are are you betting against Tyler Van Dyke right now? I mean, I gave a freshman, but I, it nobody. I mean, it, it doesn't seem like Georgia Tech's going to be able to stop anybody. I mean, like letdown spot. This is the Jefferson Pilot twelve thirty game. Like, there's there's reasons that I could think to bet against Miami, but. I mean, with the way that the Hurricanes have been building and the way that that offense has kind of been like reinventing itself and succeeding and the way that Georgia Tech's secondary has looked and all of this stuff, absolutely not. I'm not betting against Tyler Van Dyke right now. Miami, lock it up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. I saw it earlier at nine and a half. Now it's at ten and a half. I don't care. Miami's going to kick the crap out of Georgia Tech unless something drastically changes from what we've seen from the Yellow Jackets on defense in recent weeks. Like, I am done playing this game acting like they know what they're doing on defense. It's funny because actually the best game that they have played on defense all year was that win over UNC and Sam Howell. Go back and watch. There's a couple of film study videos on YouTube that are great where they point out there were throws there to be made, just like bombs were just, again, guys running wide open in the secondary and Sam Howell just sort of missed them. Like if he if he yeah. sees them and makes the throw, big plays, big yards everywhere. This Georgia Tech yeah. secondary sucks. They are not going to be able to cover Miami's receivers. Tyler Van Dyke is going to shred them. I'm locking up Miami. Give me 30 Van Gorder coin on Miami. They are going wow. to kill Georgia Tech in this game. Wow. I don't like it, but it is what it is. Man, you're really on Miami here, huh? Mm -hmm. I'm I'm on them too. I mean, I, lo I locked it up. I think Miami's going to win comfortably. Mm -hmm. I. 
I'm putting uh, I'm putting 15 Vanguard coin on it. I'm not at quite as confident, but I uh, I agree. I mean, this is a this is a Georgia Tech passing defense specifically that just let Hendon Hooker Hendon Hooker. God, I wish it was Hendon Hooker. <laughs> Braxton <laughs> Braxton Burmeister throw all over them last week. Braxton Burmeister has half of a working arm at this point. Mm-hmm. And even when he has an entirely full working arm, he's inherently limited as a passer. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this a billion times on this podcast this year. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Burmeister just has best game against Georgia tech. Yeah. The career day on, How the, about road. That? on the road, in Atlanta and you were there. You yeah. got to watch it. It's like right in front of me. Yeah. I was with my own eyes. It's like, yeah. <sighs> Um, total 64. I got the over. I think this gets a little shootouty. Georgia Tech's offense has not been bad. Um, they, they've been inconsistent, but they've, they've, they, they yeah. So they, they, they have been inconsistent. They have struggled to be cons- like consistently run, uh, successful plays. You know, the success rate has not been the best, but they've hit some explosive stuff and, and they'll rip off some big plays. They'll score a few points. And I, again, I think Miami's probably going to score forty here. So total sixty four, go over. I'll take the over. yeah, yeah. I'm going to lean. I'm going to lean with the over as well. Uh, you know, the, Georgia Tech had their back against the wall a couple times against Virginia Tech, and you know they they scored a touchdown on a fourth down play on a explosive pass play from Jeff Sims. So like great throw, yeah, great throw, great catch. So there are some plays to be made certainly, you know, by the Georgia Tech offense, but. Yeah, I, I just think a combination of, you know, I think Miami's front seven is going to give Georgia Tech's offensive line some issues. I think that Tyler Van Dyke is gaining more and more confidence by the week. By the way, I think Tyler Van Dyke is probably the best thing to happen to Miami in quite some time. Like they've needed a they've needed a quarterback that's able to kind of make all the throws. And I love De'Ara King. You know I love De'Ara King, but he is not the guy who's going to be able to push the ball down the field the way that Tyler Van Dyke has shown the ability to. So mm-hmm. this is a different looking Miami offense with Tyler Van Dyke. And I think this is a, a needed stylistic change for the hurricanes and he's gaining confidence week over week. And I think that, you know, sky's the limit at this point. I, th- I think Miami's found a quarterback and quite honestly, this whole Tyler Van Dyke experiment turned into like, very competent quarterback is probably going to save Manny Diaz's job. So yeah, this is yeah. a situation to monitor and they're rallying around their coach right now. I'm not betting against that. And I, I can easily bet against Georgia tech with the way they're defending the pass right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It is a little bit surreal watching Miami at the, at the moment because I don't know that I would necessarily say that their offense always looked really good last year, but it was certainly effective in terms of scoring points at times they, they scored a lot. Like they won a lot of games and then to come into this year and, and to basically, you know, have a lot of the same personnel, but need a scheme change to right. see kind of similar results. It's kind of, it's kind of strange, but you're correct that it was a needed meta- metamorphosis of sorts that like, you know, Miami looks that offense is hot right now. Like they are scoring yeah. a lot of points. They they're moving the ball well. Um, yeah, and just a bad matchup coming up against Georgia Tech. That I think they're going to have a field day unless yeah something unless Miami really pulls a Miami and just uh, 
you know, lays an egg out here. Agree. No, and you're also seeing the confidence with Rhett Lashley, the offensive coordinator. I mean, it's no longer like the dink and dunk offense that we saw when Van Dyke first first took over the starting job for Derek King when he got hurt. This is okay. We can push the ball down the field now. You know, we could have these longer developing routes because Miami is starting to gain more trust in their offensive line too, mm-hmm. which I think is uh, you know, you got to credit Van Dyke for getting the ball out of his hands quickly and being efficient and putting the defense on their heels. They don't necessarily want to send five or six anymore, right? So that's helping out the Miami offensive line too. But the whole offense is gaining confidence right now. So, yeah, this is a unit I would not want to see, especially with the defense that's been struggling. Yep, absolutely. All right. Miami in the over for both of us. Miami is locked. I've got 30 Van Gorder coin. You've got 15 Van Gorder coin. Mike, I think this is my biggest bet of the year so far. It's up there. I don't know that I've gone past 25 on anything. So that's if that tells anybody anything, that's how confident I am of what we're going to see at 12.30 p.m. on the Jefferson Pilot Network affiliates, Bally Sports, whatever the hell uh, these days we got. So Emotional hedge. There you go. Uh, four o'clock on the ACC network. The number nineteen NC State Wolfpack are a two and a half point favorite on the road in Tallahassee, taking on the Florida State Seminoles. Total is fifty five and a half. Um, why? Why is NC State favored by less than a field goal? I need to go. I'm going to go double check this line while you talk, Mike. Yeah, I mean, uh, double check it for sure, but. Florida State's been playing all right. You know, like they're three and five, but they're they're hanging in there, you know. And I know mm-hmm. NC State's a better team, they've been, but you know, they've been the better team for most of the year. But Florida State has is, is quietly been playing some decent football. I thought they played fine against Clemson. You know, I Clemson's defense ate up Florida State in a way that, you know, I saw coming, you know. I thought the reason why Clemson had the advantage in that football game was because I thought Florida's offense would struggle to consistently score points, but Florida state scored 20. That was really good. They kicked the crap out of UMass. That's what you're supposed to do. And then you win two close games, you know, Syracuse and, and North Carolina to give you some momentum. It's important with a young team, with a new head coach to, you know, start to win close games. And Florida State's been doing that in conference play. You know, uh, mm-hmm. they lost some close games early, and that now they kind of turn around. And Notre Dame game was a heartbreaker. Obviously, you lost to Jacksonville State, and everybody's making fun of you. And then you get creamed by Wake, and you have that eight-point loss to Louisville. Everybody's leaving you for dead. Then you rattle off three in a row, and you were right in that Clemson game last week. So Florida State's quietly playing some good football. The, the thing about this, though, is that NC State is just the much better team, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. offensively, defensively, special teams. They're the much better team, you know, and NC State lost a tough game, you know, to Mississippi State early in the year and then had that heartbreaker to Miami on the road a couple weeks ago. But NC State handled Louisville a bit more easily than I anticipated last week and seem to get back on the right track, not let that loss linger to Miami. And NC State knows how important it is to win this football game. The only thing I would be a bit concerned about, if I'm an NC State fan, is the look-ahead spot against Wake Forest on the 13th. 
right? We are a little, as we record this, we're a little over a week out from the de facto Atlantic Division Championship game mm-hmm. between Wake and NC State. And NC State's got to go on the road to play that. And Florida State, you know, this is a road game that I think NC State feels like they can kind of roll their helmets out there and win. I think NC State wins. I do think they cover because I do think they're better, Joey. In all phases of the game, I just have a little bit of a concern with a look-ahead spot. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind. I think NC State wins this game close. I think you know they're the better team, but I understand why why it's sitting at two and a half. Uh, so they they win, they cover. It'll probably be ugly. I'm going with the under. Total's 55 and a half. I'm going under. I think this is an ugly, lower-scoring game. I'm not sure NC State ever gets out of their own way, but we know that Florida State will get in their way plenty. So, Yeah, I have the under as well. I I don't think this is going to be a particularly high-scoring game at all. I think it's going to be a little bit of a rock fight. I'm I'm, I'm over here laughing, Mike, because you talk about, you know, it's the – it's the look ahead spot and you know, there's just a couple things here and I'm just with, with kind of what the stigma is right now around Florida state and you know, NC state just ranked in the initial playoff rankings and like all this stuff. I think there's a phrase that we have for what we would call this. If NC state were to lose this game, what would that be Joey? It would be NC state shit. <laughs> it would, yep. it would be absolute NC state shit for them to lose this game. Um, Parental advisory. Sorry, I should have done that beforehand. Anyways, um, I'm with you. I think NC State wins this game maybe by like a touchdown or something like that. Um, yeah, I think I think Florida State is absolutely capable of keeping it close. The biggest matchup concern here that I am concerned about for NC State's sake is the run game. Um, Florida State's offense has uh, like more or less turned into this like wing T, like just like heavy run game with Jordan Travis in at quarterback. Yep. And normally that wouldn't be a problem for NC State, except now with the news that Isaiah Moore is out for the year at yeah, linebacker. Yeah, that's a big loss. Yeah, NC State now having lost both starting linebackers. And I realize that Drake Thomas played arguably like the game of his life last week. I just don't know that you're going to do that on an every single week basis. Florida State can mess with these linebackers for NC State and get something going in the run game. The Wolfpack could be in trouble. Um, so... This is going to need to be a bit of a gutsy defensive performance to try to keep Florida State uh, contained within that run game. And if they can do that, NC State's going to win the game probably by 7 to 10 points. Um, But maybe a bit of a taller task than it sounds like. I'd stay away from this betting-wise. I think so. This is a bit of a dangerous, dangerous spot, and I think the line tells us as much. Yeah, I think people are going to say, oh, yeah, NC State's definitely better. You know, they'll... Agree. Just told you that, you know, I agree, but I would stay away. Mm -hmm. There there are too many variables here. Florida State's been playing better, too. You know, they have played better the last month or so. So, you know, there's reason for some tempered optimism, I think, in Tallahassee with the way things have looked lately. Yeah. Well, as as Shane reminds us, never pick Florida State for anything, A. But B, um, Florida State has been getting some contributions from their defense in the last, you know, three to four weeks that they hadn't been getting previously. So this might, yeah, like you're, like you're kind of suggesting this might be kind of sneaky. The point where 
maybe Florida State is better now than they were the first two, three weeks of the season. They're improving right. over time. Right. Which is the sign of a good quarterback. Or a, not a good quarterback, a sign of a good coaching staff. Right. No, I agree. So, I agree. They might be get, getting a little bit of something going there in Tallahassee. We'll see. Yeah. So keep an eye on that game. That should be an interesting game to watch. Keep an eye out for it. Yeah. Um, Mike, bit of Florida State housekeeping. Uh, quarterback Chubba Purdy in the transfer portal. Transfer portal. Good job. Purdy in the portal. Purdy in the portal. Squirtle. <laughs> Goodness. Uh, yeah, interesting move. I mean, they've, they've really stuck with Jordan Travis and just maybe to some degree Mackenzie Milton. But, I mean, I didn't know how long either of those was going to last. Like, I, I really thought Purdy was the guy of the future, but maybe they didn't see it in practice or something. I don't know. He's going to be the guy of the future elsewhere. There you go. That's the spirit. Good luck, Chubba. All right, NC State in the under for both of us. No wagers, no locks. Uh, 7.30 on the ACC Network. Clemson. Hey, we're changing it up. We're changing it up, Joey, with the, the no bets, no locks there. Yeah, that's that's a new one for this podcast, yeah. Yeah. at least for Saturday games. We didn't do anything. Anyways, 7.30 on the ACC Network. We're both exhausted. Uh, the yes. Clemson Tigers, a four-point favorite on the road, taking on the Louisville Cardinals. Total is 46 and a half. Uh, Mike, well, no, yeah, no, yeah. Principal under on Clemson game. Under. You know what? What the hell? Principal lock it up. under. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. Uh, you lock it up. Lock it up. This game's gross. Louisville in a game with a total of 46 and a half is really hard to process. I got to tell you. Yeah, it is definitely hard to process. I mean, it, and Louisville's offense, they only put up 13 against NC State, so I really, really worry about what Louisville's offense is going to look like against Clemson's defense, which I think is certainly better mm-hmm. than NC State's. I, I'm i going, I, I think Clemson wins and covers here, Joey, mm-hmm. uh, with a little bit of confidence. I just... I. This is a really tough matchup for Louisville's offense. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm at here. And still don't have a lot of confidence in Clemson's offense. How could you? I mean, congrats on scoring 30 last week, but you know, you got there with a you know, a fumble at the end that you recovered in the end zone. So like the offense didn't look outstanding, although I thought Will Shipley was pretty good in that game. Uh, obviously had a couple of a big runs, including that one touchdown run he had. So Clemson's offense, like they're not going to be great all year. Certainly not going to be great. No, they're going to be good enough to win this game though. And, and cover four points on the road. I just really worry about Louisville's offense against Clemson's defense. And I can't get past that. I cannot get past that. So mm-hmm. I'm on, I'm on Clemson and the under, uh, I am placing a bet on the under Joey. I'm going to put, uh, I, you know what? I'm going to bet on Clemson too. Uh, give me give me ten on the under ten on Clemson again, not exuding high levels of confidence here, but I think Clemson takes care of business on the road. I I certainly think this game goes under as well. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put twenty on the under. I Clemson Clemson games have gone over the total twice this year, and it was on a double overtime game that got over by half a point, and it was on the last play of the game last week against Florida State in a game that also had featured like a defensive touchdown and a couple things like. Clemson is not playing anything that resembles a remotely high-scoring game against anybody until they play UConn next week. Um, oh, yeah, that'll be high-scoring. Not for UConn, though. Yeah, so just 
weekly principal under at this point against Cle- against Clemson. Uh, that that's just not. There's no points there. Um, I'm just going to take Louisville too. Uh, I I think at least to cover. I think they've got a chance to win this game outright. Like, and, and I agree, it's not a good matchup, but it it is just the fact that like Louisville's defense is gelling a little bit. And Clemson's offense struggles to get out of their own way, like by definition this year. <laughs> so, like Clemson's not going to get separation, and Louisville's offense and Scott Satterfield and all them, like they can dial up a couple plays and get some chunk plays or get a long touchdown here or there. That I just think they've got a chance to like keep themselves in it, if not maybe win the game outright. And it, I, I think it tells me something that is again as bad as the matchup is, it's only a four point spread. Might be a little bit of Satterfield coaching to keep himself off the hot seat. Not, it's not like a coaching for his job situation, but now this is this probably has a big deal going into next year. I'll say that. I I would agree there because this is a beatable Clemson team. Mm-hmm. So if Louisville lays an egg here, I, I don't think I don't think look. the administration is going to be too hot on Scotty S. <laughs> and I'm not talking about Scott Savino. Either. Uh, hey, shout out Scott. Um, shout out Scott. Yeah, we'll we'll see coming out of this game how the Louisville administration feels about those football Saturdays at a. Uh, oh, there it is. There it is. Yeah. Hey, shout out to Homefield. Um, there at what used to be Papa John's Stadium is now just regular Cardinal Stadium. Okay. Yeah, Papa John's pissed a lot of people off. <laughs> yes, Papa John himself. Yeah, the specifically place. the Papa. Yeah, pizza's been fine. Yeah. Hey. Go Big Papa, Mike. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I get that a lot. Uh, <laughs> Louisville and the under for me. Clemson and the under for you. I've got it. the under locked for 20 Van Gorder coin. You've got 10 on both. Oh, you got it locked. Wait, wait, wait. You got it locked? Yeah, we're locked up. Did you, did you, did you play the sound? Yes, I did. Are you sure? I, I mean, I'll go check the tape, but yes. Okay. Should I play it again just for good measure? Yes. All right. Under under 46 and a half, Louisville Clemson, lock that bad boy up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. All right, now it's official. No take backs. It's official, yeah. I was paying attention that time. <laughs> this is, I, I just, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be wrong. This is going to be like a 70 to 68 game or something stupid. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Game's being played at the Yum Center. <laughs> There you go. Somebody got to hop in three. Uh, okay. All right. Last one, Mike. Noon on the ACC Network. The number 25 Pitt Panthers, a 21-point favorite on the road, taking on the Duke Blue Devils. Total is 64. Pitt coming off a loss. Duke is not good. I Pitt. Like, th- three touchdowns is not good, but neither is Duke. Like, I, think I have it's a question for you. Yeah, yeah, you're taking Pitt. Okay, me too. I have a question for you. Here. Mm-hmm. How many blowouts is it going to take for David Podcliffe to lose his job? Uh, I, man, there were. Uh, I saw our friend Steve Wiseman posted something. I think it was on Monday, uh, where he asked Cutcliffe in the press conference at some point something about like, you know, do you think you should be concerned for your job or something with the way that the season's going and. He said, like, you know, for getting a really direct question about his job security, he said Cutcliffe was super respectful and, and easygoing about the response and was just sort of nonchalant. Like, no, I got, you know, I got a team to coach and I'm just worried about those guys and trying to get ready for the next game. And like, 
basically just totally brushed off the question, but like, I'm with you, man. Like what? <laughs> like this can't I mean, keep going on, can it, Duke? Like Joey, they've they've been outscored ninety three to seven the last two games. Yeah. I mean, granted, yeah. it's against two of the best offenses in the ACC, but you've got to put up a better fight than ninety three to seven mm-hmm. against UVA and Wake. I get again two road teams, or I'm sorry, two road games against two really good offensive teams. I get that. But that's a bad look. And, you know, you couple the fact that you lost 38 to 7 to an in state rival in North Carolina, that, look, Carolina's team is not that good this year. And you lose by 31 in that game. You lost the opener on the road to Charlotte. Like these losses are piling up. You, you lost to Georgia Tech also. Mm-hmm. And Georgia Tech is turning out to not be very good either. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm just, I'm looking at this and I'm like, man, like, Duke has lost to three bad teams and then have gotten absolutely blown out by UVA and Wake that have two good offenses and and Wake Wake is potentially going to win the ACC, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to have a shot at it. So no harm, no foul potentially. But, I mean, at some point, I, I look at this and I'm like, man, how many blowouts is it going to take? Because, by the way, I think Pittsburgh covers this weekend. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. Like, what's it going to take exactly? And with the way Virginia Tech's offense has looked, I mean, I don't think Virginia Tech will be favored by, by 21 in Blacksburg against Duke. But I think Virginia Tech's primed to score some points in that game against Duke in a couple of weeks, too. So, I mean, at some point, it's like, man, when are we having that discussion? Yep. I, so. I think it's legitimate. And it's it's unfortunate that this is where the David Cutcliffe era has kind of fallen to. I mean, he's he's the guy who had a better seven-year stretch with Duke from, like, 2012 to 2018. I mean, he made bowl games almost every year, which in Duke history, like, you have to go back to before Vietnam to get to a stretch where they did that for more than five years in a row. Like, that's astounding. That's an incredible coaching job. He's a great coach. He's a legend. Build a statue. Like, right. Name the stadium after him. Name the stadium after him. You know, do something like that. But also, like, they were two and nine last year. They're three and five and trending downwards this year. Like, you are quickly losing any progress that he built your program, you know, earlier in the decade. And, and yeah, like, another season like that after this would I mean the whole thing's just like a start over situation, right? Like it's it's over. Yeah, yeah. And I bet the under on on the Duke win total was three and a half, and I bet the under. And you know we were sitting there in in late September, and I was like, "All right, Duke's got three. They'll pluck another one in conference play. So this bet is probably dead." But now I look at this. I mean. I, home against Pitt, at VT, home against Louisville, home against Miami, I don't think Duke's winning another game. They're going to have to pull a double-digit upset to break your ticket. Like, Yeah, because they're probably – yeah. Because, no, I totally agree. I think they're going to be a double-digit underdog in each of the remaining four games. And there's potential that they go 0-8 in conference play. Mm-hmm. That's on the and, table. Yeah, it's not only on the table. I think it's pretty, pretty realistic. Like, mm-hmm. it's pretty realistic that happens. 
I mean, I don't think they go any better than one and seven. If they go two and two down the stretch here and almost make a bowl game, that would be incredible considering what we've seen here over the last month or so. So name um, like name the school after David Cutcliffe. If they go two and two in the next four games. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Name the school. Yeah. SP plus gives Duke a, uh, let's see a 41% chance to not win any of their final four games. Okay. That's pretty high. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, especially when you consider that they have an 83% chance to win no more than one more of their final four games. And that's pretty high considering who they play after Pitt. Mm -hmm. Like Virginia Tech, Louisville, and I know Miami's trending in a good direction, you know, because they're, they're stringing some wins together. I get Virginia Tech's offense has been, has been getting a little bit better, but like these are not world beaters, like three out of the last four games here. So, oh, man. I know this is supposed to be the Duke Pitt preview, but I didn't really have too much to say other than Pitt will Pitt will win this game comfortably and bounce back after mm -hmm. that loss to Miami. Yeah, if 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 this is a game, if you if you look up and like with ten minutes left in the game, this is within like ten points. Something has gone horribly wrong for Pitt. Yeah, like offensively, they should be able to move the ball almost at will with the way that they've played for most of the season. Defensively, they should have no problem stopping what Duke is running out there on offense. Three touchdowns is not enough. Like Pitt should win this game easily. Yeah, I mean I'm the only way. The, yeah, I was just gonna say the only way Duke hangs around is if Ben DiNucci gets in a quarterback. <laughs> uh, yeah, like it, well, an early from like a Kenny Pickett injury situation or something like that. Yes, yes. Or the, yeah, DiNucci reincarnated. <laughs> um, I'm gonna take the under. Yes. Total 64. I'll just take the yes. under because I just don't think Duke is going to score a whole lot of anything. And I think Pitt calls off the dogs at some point. Yeah. I mean, Duke has scored seven points or less in three out of the last four games. Mm -hmm. So and why, why would I take the over unless Pitt gets there by themselves? I don't. And the fourth game where they scored more than seven points was the one where they almost beat Georgia tech and just unfortunately missed a bunch of field goals. We just we won't talk about that. We don't have to talk about that. We don't got to talk about that. That's fine. Yeah. Look, Braves are World Series champions. It doesn't matter. It's fine. It's good. <laughs> just slide it in. It's okay. It's good. That, I, I need to think about Georgia Tech's defense right now. Braves won the World Series. We're good. Uh, Mike, all right. Let's take a look back at our picks real quick. That's all we got for ACC games. And by the way, Bowling Green off this week because I think that they are on the uh, the like the transition by I'll call it as the MAC transitions to playing games on like Tuesdays and Wednesdays in the winter. They were the only MAC game on the schedule last week. Um, this week they are off as games have started being played on like Tuesday nights. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I figure we'll have a preview for them coming on like the recap show because. You know, go ACC. Um, to recap the picks we have on this show, uh, both of us locked up Wake Forest plus the two and a half against North Carolina. I think we both think they win that game outright. Uh, we both locked up Miami plus or minus the ten and a half against Georgia Tech, and I locked up under forty six and a half in the Clemson and Louisville game. Um, we both have twenty Van Gorder coin on Wake Forest plus two and a half, ten Van Gorder coin on. Over 76 in Wake, North Carolina. I have 30 on Miami, minus 10.5. You have 15 on Miami, minus 10.5 against Georgia Tech. 
I have 20 Van Gorder coin on the under 46 and a half in Clemson, Louisville. You have 10 on Clemson minus the four and 10 on the under 46 and a half in that game. Mike, you're spraying the board just like old times. I am. I also want uh, 10 on Pittsburgh and 10 on the under. In oh, hey, sure. Game. Yeah, why not? I, I like that idea, at least on the Pittsburgh side. I'll, I'll leave the total alone, but give me 10 on Pittsburgh as well. Uh, I think they'll easily cover 21 here against Duke. I, Yeah, I don't see it. Yep. All right. Well, good luck to you and your picks. Um, hopefully I have good luck, maybe even better luck. Who's to say? We have a lot of the same picks, so it's you know it's fine. Yeah, um, not a lot of grounds can be made up this week, I don't think. No, not really. Not really. Mike, last thing before we work on getting out of here. Are there other games this weekend that you're interested in? Yeah. Yeah, there are. Um, Good Lord. Army Air Force, the total is 37. It's going on. Yes. Yep. Give me give me Army there, maybe outright. We got Army with a little surprise on the road. Yeah, Army catching two and a half. Um, that, that actually might be like a sneaky, like, Army neutral site home game because being played in Arlington. Yeah. San Antonio is more of the military town here in Texas, but I, I think that's related. Yeah. I, I would consider just taking Army out right there. You know, yeah. put a little, well, some, some, some on that. Well, but yeah. Lo- yeah. Love me some. Love me some military academy football. Uh, Service Academy, whatever. Uh, Michigan State is third in the country in the college football playoff rankings. I did not see that coming. They are a three-point road favorite at Purdue. Speaking of lines that don't make sense, Joey, give me Purdue. That is like the stanky line of the week. That is Give me Purdue. Gross. Let down spot. Yeah. Michigan State getting a little little full of themselves there or something like that. Um, yeah, I'm seeing a bunch of Big Ten games with totals between like 38 and 46. Um, and also with like double-digit spreads, which no thank you. Wisconsin is a 13-point favorite against Rutgers in a game with the total of 38. Like, Yeah. Wow. Not sure what we're doing. Yeah. And Iowa, a 12-point favorite against Northwestern with a total of 40.5. So, cool. Cool. Michigan, minus cool. 20 against Indiana, total 50.5. I, I, I prefer the ACC to this, Mike. <laughs> like, this is the better conference. This is more fun to talk about. It's peak Big Ten football in November, isn't it? Mm-hmm. We're back, baby. I love Baylor on the road to TCU. TCU just fired Gary Patterson, basically. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Love Baylor Could there. Be a little bit of quit in TCU with the coach gone. Yeah. Yeah. Jerry Kill taking over there at TCU. They're about to get killed, I think. Ayo. Ayo. Yeah, I like Baylor on the road there. I like Auburn outright against A&M. Four and a half point dogs on the road. I... Hmm. I am not an A&M believer, Joey. I'm not an A&M believer. This this has nothing to do with liking the team as much as liking the spot. 
I kind of like South Carolina catching 18 against Florida. Man, Florida's a mess. And Carolina's at home catching yeah. 18. We, we, we've, in a month, we've gone from, like, Florida almost beat Alabama. Like, what a showing, incredible game, to, is Dan Mullen getting fired? Yeah. Like, yeah. making an ass of himself in press conferences again, and... Yeah, South Carolina is not any good, but Florida, like, they're going to implode like any time now. It feels like it does. It does feel that way, doesn't it? Yeah, and you're giving me 18 with South Carolina. Sure, I'll take it. Yeah, uh, I like the under in the 11 o'clock game on FS1. Man, we got some great late night TV mm-hmm. this Saturday, Joey. Some great late night content. 11 p.m. Eastern time on FS1. 24th ranked San Diego State with one of the worst offenses I've ever seen traveling on the road to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Another really bad offense. Buddy, under 46. Let's say totals 46, under. We're on the under there. Yeah, that might be mm-hmm. one of one of my favorite bets of the weekend. It's the last game of the weekend. Yep, yep, I think so. I think so. Um, I don't, I mean... It's probably not a, a smart preposition in most cases, but Penn State only a ten point favorite on the road against Maryland, like letdown spot and all that. But this this feels like this is either Penn State's going to bounce back and show like yeah we're still Penn State even though we lost two weeks in a row, or they're just going to be done for the year and James Franklin's going to go take like the LSU job or something. Yeah, <laughs> Franklin at LSU would be tremendous. It would be. I would love that. That would be tremendous. Get him the hell out of the mid-Atlantic. I think the only thing I want more than James Franklin at LSU is Lane Kiffin. Uh, yeah, I mean, I Lane Kiffin is probably number one, but James Franklin's number two. And if that James Franklin LSU thing is actually realistic and not just like fodder for you know people writing articles, <laughs> if that becomes like actually realistic, that jumps that jumps Lane Kiffin. That is number one. <laughs> Franklin down there would be hysterical. Uh, I, I think he'd be, I mean, he'd recruit well, but I, I have oh, no yeah. idea if that would go well for him or not overall. No idea. Seems, Literally no idea. Seems like weirdly he'd be a fit, but, you know, who the hell knows? I think he's kind of a fit anywhere because he recruits so well. Mm-hmm. You know, you can only be so bad if you're recruiting at like a Hall of Fame level. But yeah, you're not, you're, you don't turn into Saban or Urban Meyer or those folks until you turn that talent into into winning. I'm still not sure how good of a coach James Franklin is. He does a pretty good job of surrounding himself with assistants, I think. So I agree. I there's that. I agree. Mike, Missouri is a 38-point underdog against Georgia, but more importantly, the team total is 10 and a half under. <laughs> under. Under. Under the team total. Missouri's not scoring 11 or more points in this game. Like, under. I was about to ask. I was about to ask what the team total for Missouri was. Missouri kind of sucks, like under 10 and a half. Yes. Yeah. Connor Basilak is going to have a bad time, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Nah, I I don't know if I want to take Georgia. Co- I mean, I, I think if Georgia's going to cover 38, this is probably the game to do it. But I'm, I can't, out of principle, and I've mentioned this before, <laughs> out of principle, I cannot bet anybody to cover 38 points in college football out of principle mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. out of principle so outside of like 35 can't do that yeah 
yeah, five touchdowns is generally the uh, the bar for me. That's where you draw and the lines. That's where I drew. Yeah, and Missouri's bad. Missouri's bad, right? <laughs> and they're bad. They have they have a bad offense, and their defense might be worse, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they're scoring on Georgia, and I think Georgia's going to go up and down the field. It's just not going. It's not going to be pretty. Yeah. Uh, I don't hate under 49 Oklahoma State, West Virginia. That seems like a couple teams either. that's going to try to turn that into a rock fight. Yeah, that's that's a weird one for me because I was on Iowa State last week mm. in Morgantown. West Virginia always plays well at home. Mm-hmm. They always play well at home. Yep. Neil Brown cannot get them to play well away from Morgantown. But for whatever reason, whenever they get into Mullen Pushkar Stadium, they play well. I don't get it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So I think. Listen, I think Oklahoma State's better. But if you want to put together a money line parlay and throw West Virginia in the mix, you're probably going to get pretty good value catching three and a half. And I would not totally hate the bet considering how West Virginia plays at home. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Tennessee's a pick'em against Kentucky. I. Think I'll pick Tennessee. Yeah, why not? Kentucky's falling quickly. Yeah, let me look quickly at the um, Texas Iowa State props. Can I get a? <laughs> can I get like a number f- of fans bitten by monkeys? <laughs> I was gonna go for like a first quarter line. Like Texas, is a six and a half point underdog in that game. Texas has like scored 14 points in the first quarter. I think of every game they've played so far this year, like they come out hot and then just fade after halftime. So if, if you want to look into like, what's the first quarter line or something like that, can't, you know, can't really uh, say that Texas would be a bad bet in my mind. Texas has had a really weird week, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm not talking about just the monkey. Apparently (laughs) Steve Sarkeesian got in a fight with, Joshua Moore, the team's third leading receiver, and his status with the program is now in question. I saw this afternoon. Who, Sarkeesian or Moore? Uh, <laughs> Moore, Moore. Steve Sarkeesian should be fine unless he like drinks, you know, half a gallon of Zima before going to meet with boosters. <laughs> I was gonna say like Steve Sarkeesian would gladly take the fifty million dollar buyout it would take to get him out of that job right now. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's all I got. Interesting week. I feel like the last couple of weeks there's been a lot of uh, teams on bye weeks. And there's a couple this week. Like I know Virginia is on a bye week and there's yep. someone else in the ACC on a bye week. And if I say this, is it Syracuse? Yeah, Syracuse is on a bye week. It is Syracuse. There we go. I said it slowly enough. I figured it out by the end of the sentence. Good stuff. Mike, that's well, all I got. <laughs> hopefully, uh, hopefully Georgia Tech's not on a bye week this week because that would be it would bad be news. Well, would it be good news or bad news for the defense? They were on a bye. I mean, they'd give up less yards if they just forfeit. Like, <laughs> oh Jesus! All right, well, that's good. That's, that's... <laughs> I think this is where we wrap it up. Mike, there's a World Series parade on Friday. It doesn't matter what Georgia Tech does on Saturday. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, you'll still be drunk by Saturday. I will. I will. 
Mike, that's all I got. Week 10 uh, should be a fun week in the ACC and abroad in college football. Let's work on getting out of here. Uh, the people can come find us this weekend on Twitter. I am at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel SOS. Together we're at BC Podcast ACC. They can send us an email to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Thank you. Uh, shout out to Patrick Hayes. Shout out to Shane. And shout out to Keith Derrick. We also got an email from him uh, for helping to you know live things up around here. Keith Derrick was, uh, was really unhappy following the Tecmo Bowl last week, as could be expected. Um, so shout out to the, Hey, the email inbox is for venting. If you want to do that. So hit us up, let us know what you're thinking. Yep. You got to do it somewhere. Got to do it. Got to do it. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you can find podcasts, go find us. Uh, where else can they find us on the social medias, Mike? Facebook, facebook.com slash basketball conference rate review. Find all of our podcasts there. Check us out on Instagram at BC podcast, ACC. Keep giving us ratings and reviews wherever you get your podcast. Very helpful. Please do. We really appreciate those. And shout out to VT Fan 95. That was a very sweet. Yes, review. shout out. Shout out. Shout out. Mike, that's all I got. Anything else? Oh man. This is going to be a, a interesting week of ACC football. I can feel it. I I can feel it too. Um you wanna come back on Sunday and recap the World Series parade? I mean the ACC games? Yes, the, the the World Series parade. <laughs> I'll have a recap for you on that too. Um, Beautiful. We'll see how much I remember. It'll be great. Eh, hopefully not much. <laughs> All right, Mike. Have a good weekend. Enjoy the games. We'll talk then. You too. All right. Until then, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will talk to you again soon. And until next time, go ACC. Keep me down